Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hey, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. calendar is released and the internationals start to arrive for the Gold Coast. Co-driver for the Gold Coast that knows the, knows the cars, has driven the cars in the past, it doesn't matter how long ago. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here is the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. David Malone has revealed the 2013 V8 Supercar calendar, which includes 15 championship events, the AGP and the pre-season test on February 16 at Sydney Motorsport Park. Clipsal, as we announced last week, moves to February 28 to March 3. Then it's the Australian Grand Prix, March 14 to 17. Tasmania returns to the calendar at the beginning of the year in April 5th till 7th whilst the Auckland 400 at Pukekohe is on May 3rd and 5th. Austin is late May 17 to 19, then it's over to Hidden Valley on the return almost a month later on the 14th through the 16th. The Sucrogen Townsville 400 completes the top end tour on July 5 to 7. The Coates Hire Ipswich race will be moving back to its traditional July date on the 27th to the 28th, whilst Winton manages to get itself back into the middle of winter, racing there on August 23 and 25. The Sandown 500 is September 13 through 15, whilst the super cheap Autos Bathurst 1000 will be on October 10 through 13. The Armour Oil Gold Coast 600 moves back a week later to give teams more time to repair. It'll be on the 25th to 27th of October, whilst the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix support event moves to November 1st through 3rd. The Phillip Island 400 will be on November 23 to 24, a two-day event scheduled for Phillip Island, whilst the Sydney 500, which was mooted to move to the middle of the year, remains the grand finale, and it's on November 29th to December 1st. V8 Supercars have also released the details of the Pukekohe $6.6 million upgrade, which will include increasing the track length to 2.91 kilometres, additional hard stand area on earthworks, new safety barriers and debris fencing, along with a revised runoff, tyre wall and gravel traps. A new race control and timing buildings will be erected. The track will also be resurfaced and new pedestrian bridges for access to the new viewing areas. Craig Lowndes spoke about the three two-driver races in the championship and gave us his thoughts on whether they should be there or not. Oh, well, look, it's, it's, it's a hard, hard decision. Um, 
yeah, being selfish and as, a, as a, probably a driver, you'd say yes. But then, of course, you know, the obligations of the category and, and the events need to obviously be upstanding and uphold. So uh, really for us, uh, you know, you just got to uh, um, go with it. That's why it's really important, obviously, uh, like, like it is to find a good co-driver here for Sandown and Bathurst, to also find a good, uh, you know, co-driver for the Gold Coast that knows the, knows the cars, has driven the cars in the past. It doesn't matter how long ago, but has an understanding of what it's all about. And if so, you know, if, uh, the benefit is if they've driven on the Gold Coast uh, track as well, that'd be even better. Alex Premer has been replaced at this weekend's round by Greg Ritter, who co-drove with Michael Caruso at the last round of the championship at Bathurst. We spoke with Gary after Saturday qualifying, where Premer was replaced in the car by Jack Perkins and asked him about his opinion of Premer's performance this year and if he'd been happy with him. No. How can you help him improve that in the last four races? Oh, look, Alex is, Alex is a very, very good driver. Very good driver. And uh, he's been unfortunate. He's got tied up in a whole lot of pushing and shoving and banging. A lot of it not his own fault. Uh, but he is a very good driver and, and a very good team player. So we've just got to, you know, just keep pushing on and do what we can. Is Car of the Future going to work to his favour or should he be here next year? Why would it? Different geometries, different style of driving is what all the people who have driven it have said. Well, perhaps they don't know. Ford Performance Racing has completed their first high-speed test of the car of the future. The team was happy with the performance of the car at the Sydney Motorsport Park circuit and has said it's been justified the efforts coming up between the busy Bathurst and Gold Coast period. Davison and Witterbottom shared the driving duties for the day and both were very positive getting out of the car. The FPR car will now make its way to the Ford stand at the Australian International Motor Show where it'll be on display from the 19th to the 28th of October. James Courtney has talked about his thoughts on the tyre problems that plagued him and many other teams up and down pit lane at Bathurst. I think the cars are too fast for these tyres now and and, um, obviously can't take the loads that uh, we're trying to put through them now. So, you know, it's pretty disappointing to have, um, you know, our championship come here and on show and, and, um, you know, so many tyre failures up and down pit lane and and, um, that one really, uh, really hurt us. So it's... um, you can see there it's blown apart so it you know do 15 laps around here and hang on with that it's um you know it was, it was a lot of work in the end but i really thought the tie hung in we would have been on for a um for a really good show we got past davy pretty easy and we're chasing down jamie and, and everything was pretty comfortable and we didn't hit anything or anything happened and then uh, then that happened the v8 insiders asked the top three finishers at bathurst should the driver rules be changed in the future back to the regular drivers pairing together well i think the three with us you know their their price has gone up massively so i don't think they want to change it <laughs> rod just walked in mate oh hey rod how's those bills coming <laughs> Oh, look, if you had the freedom, if teams had freedom, if they weren't in the championship, to be able to put their two drivers together, well, you know, maybe they put their all eggs in one basket, but then that's what they do. Um, maybe it's a freedom that they leave it up to the, to the teams. If you've got two drivers in the same team that uh, are going for a championship, I think it'd be crazy, crazy to put them together. But, you know, again, it's the rule we, we all play with. But in saying that, when the, since the rule's been introduced, look how good the co-driver and the racing's been. What about the pit lane? Is it time that Bathurst became a one-car, one-boom race? You've got two ways of doing it. Either have a single boom for every car like you have at 12-hour, or you shut pit lane while you have a safety car. And, and you know, obviously the economy, you know, we don't want to make more expense to the sport, just shut pit lane. 
It's a bit more than what are we going to do? Have the pits up the like this? You know, that's a pitch straight. We're going to well, ex- maybe have the pits up mountain straight. You know, that's the that's the drama. Every circuit we go to, um, we've only got a certain amount of space. You know, there's only a certain amount of garage. We can't have sixty garages of sixty booms. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all part of our sport. You know, it's uh, it's 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 tough that uh, when when you got a queue. Um, you know, last year I think Lounsey and I had to queue six or seven times each. Um, it generally evens itself out over, as the year goes on. Um, you know, which is which sucks in the end of the day. Sucks at the time. Um, and the problem is when you got two really competitive cars, um, it makes it worse. You know, and I'm sure the team would love to. Uh, to, to make it easier on both cars. And that's the news for Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. After the break, Adrian Mussolino and Tom Worsley. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week from V8X Magazine, it's Adrian Mussolino. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening, Craig. How are you? Very well, thanks, as I'm sure... It is uh, also a good welcome to Tom Worsley. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, Craig and listeners. It's, uh, well, an interesting week this week as we set sail for the Gold Coast. We know where we're going to be in 2013, Adrian. And uh, whilst the calendar has changed, it hasn't changed that much. They're really trying to make things a lot more stable in uh, how the calendar looks this coming year because we do know that there's a mooted another two races overseas for the following year. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the calendar, it's not too many surprises. We knew going in that Texas was all confirmed and the date was off in, in May. Uh, we knew Crystal was season opener in end of February, beginning of March. So there weren't too many surprises. There were no, you know, surprise international events. So we've locked in with the three being Abu Dhabi, New Zealand and Texas. Um, and everything's pretty well where it is now. Winston and Phillip Island have sort of done a bit of a swap, but nothing too drastic there. Phillip Island, Tom, interestingly, at the moment, is slated as a two-day meeting. And and also Ipswich as well. Um, uh, after Eastern Creek this year, there was a lot of talk about the, the pros and cons of, of two-day events, and I personally am, am all for trialling them at a, a couple of other events, particularly Queensland, as I'm sure a lot of other people are. What's your thoughts after the Eastern Creek event? Adrian, do you think they should continue to pursue it? I think it worked, and um, for the key thing is that it worked for the teams and drivers, and obviously they're the ones that it could have affected the most. Um, 
I'm actually surprised they didn't do it in more events. Um, I think it would have worked, at, for example, at Tasmania, Winton, those types of events. But you know, I think that's the way forward. It definitely saves the team's money in terms of travel. It's one less night. I've got to put up all their mechanics and drivers and so forth. So I think it's probably the way forward, and we'll see that more in the coming years um, for those non-marquee events. Is there any surprise in the calendar to your mind, Tom? Uh, I was actually a little bit surprised that Sydney Motorsport Park didn't get another uh, another round this year. Obviously, they get the test day at the beginning of, of the year in February, but uh, I, I was a little bit disappointed and uh, also a bit surprised that Eastern Creek wasn't on the calendar. Mm. What about you, Adrian? Yeah, I think... The thing with Sydney Motorsport Park is it's a long-term possible replacement for Sydney Telstra 500. Um, you know, the talk isn't good around the future of the street circuit there. So if VF Supercars wants to race in Sydney, Sydney Motorsport Park could be its only option. So I think it's one for down the track. Um, disappointing. I mean, here's a permanent facility that, you know, has had a lot of upgrades and, you know, sure, it's struggled for crowds over the years, but it's still within that crucial Sydney marker I think it deserves a spot but I think you know we'll be back there soon enough One thing that was really interesting is there was a lot of talk and rumours that maybe Olympic Park might move to the middle of the year and they've decided to resist that push if you like Yeah I think um, that was that came out of left field that rumour um, obviously you know I think negotiations are still ongoing between the supercars and the New South Wales government, so um, you know, maybe that was thrown in as a bit of a sort of, you know, to get the government going and give them a bit of a push. But that was always seemed a bit unlikely. Um, I think, you know, it, it works as the, as the finale. I think it's been proven that over the last few seasons. So hopefully, you know, it justifies itself for the government. Mm. It'll be interesting when we go back to Sydney this year, Tom, because you can already notice some of the way that Archer is cutting costs in the way it runs V8 supercars. So Sydney will be a big test on what cuts they're prepared to make at such a blue-ribbon event. Uh, definitely, and I just while I, while I think of it on, on Adrian's point about um, Sydney being moved to the middle of the year, the other uh, key factor there is, as it is with TV rights, is also football. Um, Sydney Motors, uh, sorry, the Sydney Homebush track uh, would actually cut off and, and disrupt uh, Sydney Olympic, pa- uh, sorry, Sydney's main stadium. And uh, I'm sure both the, the AFL and NRL wouldn't be too keen to have that event in the middle of the year. So uh, I think there might have been uh, quite a few factors in Homebush being at the end of the year. Uh, and in terms of, of Archer uh, looking at cutting costs, I think uh, Homebush is probably going to be one of the first areas that they that they look at because uh, you know there is such a there is a lot of capital required to run that event and I'm not so sure that the returns are going to be as great heading forward. Mm. It is going to be an interesting race meeting this year and, of course, 
and next as well. Guys, uh, we need to look at some of the other subjects that are taking the interest. And, of course, uh, one of the other announcements David Malone made was that $6.6 million upgrade at Pukekohe. Adrian, it's a, a lot of money to spend on a track that uh, has had a uh, interesting future. Oh, has, oh, sorry, has had an interesting past with the series. Yeah, well, I think that emerged as really the only option for their supercars in New Zealand once it became clear that the Hamilton event wasn't going to work. Um, bit of a similar situation to the one in Sydney where you had a street circuit which was difficult to justify given the cost, but yet you had a facility that needed a bit of an upgrade and it was suitable. And I think, you know, Pukekohe it's produced great racing over the years. It definitely needed, you know, a facelift, a bit of an upgrade, but I think that's the best option. Mm. Now, of course, the king of Pukekohe, Tom, was Greg Murphy. Is he going to be in the main game next year to enjoy going back to his track? Uh, I actually saw an interesting comment on tw- on Twitter today about an announcement from, from Greg Murphy, and they made sure that they clarified that it was about road safety and not actually about his his future in v8 supercars so i think that's the question on everyone's mind um i think if he is in the if he still is in the main game next year i I don't think it's going to be at kelly racing um i'd say that those new zealand holden commitments are probably going to uh factor be a main factor in that decision um, but the silly season's about to begin and, and unfold, so I think it, your guess is as good as mine at the moment. Mm. Well, of course, the Adrian, the silly season is something that V8X will be focusing in on when it comes out next because it's right in the middle of that period, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And um, just on Murphy, I'd not made the point that at Bathurst, you know, following the race, and, you know, all of a sudden he popped up in the top ten from nowhere you know he was well down the grid and i think that just shows that at a track where a driver makes a difference um you know murph can still you know rag a few quick laps even in car that's short all season so um it's going to be difficult for him i think to land a a c elsewhere obviously he has to leave kelly racing given the nissan holden division but um you know i think he could have another season in but it might be difficult given the amount of sort of sponsorship that's out there and drivers who can bring big sponsorship systems. Mm, all right. We need to take a break uh, here on... Uh, sorry, uh, Tom, before we go to the break. I was just going to say, Murph's one of those drivers that no matter how terrible a season he's having, he can always pull out something special at Bathurst, and I think this year, again, proved it. Mm, yes, indeed. We need to take a break here on the Van Insiders. After the break, we'll look at the Gold Coast. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week, Tom Worsley and Adrian Mussolino. And guys, uh, the Gold Coast, the Dan Weldon Trophy up for grab again. It's this third of what I like to call the lotto races of the V8 Supercar Championship because it is not all under your own control. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird weekend. Um, you know, you, you watch the sessions and the races unfold and you see all these odd names and, you know, in cars, you know, they're not familiar with and, you know, at, at one of the toughest circuits on the calendar. So it is a real jackpot of a weekend and if you're a championship contender, it's one that, you know, have a few sleepless nights going into, um, you know, anything can happen. And I think that's, you know, it adds that extra excitement. Whether it should be part of the championship, that's a, that's a debate I think their supercars has to have. But it's always interesting, that's for sure. Mm, it is indeed. Tom, do you think this lottery should be in the championship? Um, normally the question is, should Bathurst be in the championship? So uh, I, th- I think there definitely has to be some importance placed on it. Um, and I don't think that having it as a standalone round would uh, would actually mean anything. Being part of the championship and obviously the, the visiting drivers competing for uh, a memorial trophy, uh, I think that gives it uh, a lot of status in its own right. Uh, and I know that the idea has been toyed with before by other guests on, on this show, uh, possibly splitting the, the season into the sprint season and the endurance season with with different championship incentives on offer, um, almost like having two championships within the championship. Mm. It would allow for extra interest to be promoted, wouldn't it, Adrian? It would, but then it, um, you know, it does complicate matters to have two championships on the go, and um, you know, I think we need one definitive championship that you know one driver wins each season. I think what the series needs to work towards is a situation where this event can justify itself as a single driver event. Um, So you don't need the international aspect to sort of satisfy the Queensland government. Um, I think that's the direction it's got to go in. Whether that's possible, you know, who knows, but that's the only way it can really justify itself as a championship event. Mm. Well, some people listen to this show and they love their stats. They're going to be keenly awaiting... Lap 51 in this weekend's racing because last year in both race 21 and 22 of the championship, lap 51 saw accidents which had uh, significant retirements. Lowndes and Johnson on Saturday and then it was Fury and Bright on the Sunday. And whilst we're talking about stats, two cars last year failed to turn a lap. The Ryan Lacar, which of course that was a Brad Jones Racing Fair Income Shed entry, and Paul Dumbrell, along with one man who's tipped to become a main game driver, Christian Clean. Yeah, and I think that one I'll add into the mix is always interesting, especially when all the um, international start and seeing them trying to get those cars off the line, cars they're not used to. And we remember the first year of the event when Jack Villeneuve got spun around and just all hell broke loose. So. Um, you can always bank on, on some damage over the weekend. It's just the case of who. Um, yeah, it's, that, that's what makes it interesting. It's that gamble. You know, it's just a gamble for the drivers. And for the main game drivers, it's just a nerve-wracking experience to watch, 
you know, your car being handed over to someone who's not familiar with it. That's such a tough track. Mm. Now, last year it was Wing Cup, Winterbottom and Davison who were the class of the field over the uh, course of the weekend. Are we going to add Craig Lowndes' name to that four like we've had to do at every race so far this year, Tom? Uh, I think the momentum that he's carrying at the moment, he, he's he got to be up there this weekend. Uh, and obviously co-driver is going to play a massive, uh, massive role in the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see if... Uh, if there is a bit of a different strategy coming from one or two teams, I can't remember who it was last year, but there was a uh, main game driver up against all the internationals as as part of their strategy to make up some positions and then hope to hold them in the end of the race. So uh, <clears throat> I, I'd say that Craig Lowndes is sitting there confident, ready to go, though. He, he always seems to be good in the second half of the season. What about you, Adrian? Who do you think's yeah. going to do it? Yeah, I think you've got to remember with Triple Eight that they've got the two strongest internationals, you know, by far. Um, Bordet obviously won last year with Wing Cup, so there's consistency there. Then Richard Lyons won the Sunday race with Winterbottom, and he's moved over to Triple Eight. So, you know, they did the best job of recruiting. Um, FPR has willpower back; he knows the track, but. I don't think he's been at the event for two years, so you'd say Triple Eight. But being a street circuit, you never quite know what's going to happen. I think South Panda could be one to watch with Brian Briscoe. I think that's a combination that could come out of the woodwork. Mm. It, it's an interesting one where you know who's going to you. You get a feel on who's going to do well in the regular drivers, Tom. But you just really don't know who might shine or who might, you know, have an epic fail. And all it, all it takes is, is one small mistake around the Gold Coast circuit to, to ruin a weekend or, or a race. You know, there's, it's lined with concrete, so one small error could be a, a, uh, a good spectator point from the garage. Mm. Of course, there is speculation that this might be the format that goes to America. Do both of you feel that this format would be a good thing for V8 supercars to do over there? Tom? Uh, I think that if we're serious about going to America, it needs to be on our own right. So it should be showcasing what V8 Supercars is about in Australia, uh, not what the Gold Coast is about. It should be a championship round for championship points with regular championship drivers. Uh, But in saying that, uh, I'd love to see a sort of novelty race where um, and obviously if it's not for championship points the teams might not agree to it but where we've got some of NASCAR's best making a guest appearance having to co-drive with regular championship drivers What about you Adrian? Uh, I think you know, if Fiat Supercars wants to make an impact in America it needs to have an American component to the event um, You know, American audiences just you know, they don't know who Winterbottom and Wink Up are and they're not really going to care. Um, so you need that, you know, either IndyCar drivers and NASCAR drivers and that seems to be the chat that the Sunday race could involve a co-driver format. Um, you know, that will work in terms of getting the audiences over there, but my concern is, again, how many championship rounds are there going to be with co-drivers thrown in the mix and 
it's not really fair if you're a main game full-time driver for your championship chances to depend on someone else so often. Mm. Now, of course, one thing we haven't touched on is the fact that one of our internationals isn't going to be there. Greg Ritter is going to be uh, running instead of Andy Prema. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a shock decision, um, considering, you know, Gary Rogers, you know, he he, he plucked uh, Alex Premay from, from left field at the start of the season, and from all reports, he does have a multi-year deal. So if that's going to go forward, surely you'd want him in the card learning, you know, this challenging track. So um, that suggests to me that, you know, we might not see him in that car next year, and you know, that's a bit of a surprise. You know, it's obviously going to take him time to settle in the championship and car of the future is, is a reset button for him. So, yeah, a bit odd there from Gary, but he, he does make those odd decisions. Mm. Tom, your read? Oh, you had to ask the question about Alex Premer's future when when Jack Perkins qualified the car at Bathurst. Um, uh, beginning to wonder whether Gary Rogers had some has had some second thoughts throughout the year. Mm. It is going to be interesting to see if he's back in the car come Abu Dhabi. Guys, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you here on the V8 Insiders and uh, look forward to seeing you up there where the sun is going to be beating down on us in the Gold Coast. See you there, thank you. Can't wait. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, we continue our chat with Rod Nash following his team's second-place finish at the Bathurst 1000 two weeks ago. And we talked about his pit crew. Throughout the year, the mixed pit crew between FBR and SBR has seen David Reynolds cop a lot of upset and disruption. And this weekend at Bathurst, it really looked like the two parts of the team were working together and Reynolds' pit stops were noticeably better than the other cars that he'd been pitting with. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, uh, you know, that's always a dilemma. I mean, the, you know, the, as we know, there's, there's so much in the pit stops. I mean, uh, to make up at a second out on a racetrack, it's, uh, it's pretty hard driving and uh, to lose a second to five seconds in the pits, it's real easy to do. So, you know, the teams themselves go to extraordinary lengths of not only just practice, but, you know, the, the team's fitness and, you know, and mentoring and coaching and everything else. So when you've got split teams, you don't have controls uh, there. And not only that, um, you know, certainly uh, it's, it's nothing against SBR, but they have their own regimes and systems, and FBR have theirs. So it will always clash, and it does, and they don't get to train together. They, they have their practice at the tracks, but... You know, so it is a recipe for disaster at the end of the day, to put it mildly, because where you really need it uh, is where you lose it, and um, and and that's that's the way it is. So the odd, um, uh, because we, uh, you know, as we know, the two-car single boom share thing, um, yeah, I think that's a real uh, in the in the more modern day now where um, cars do pair up with 
other teams. It's not abnormal to have an odd number like three. And I sort of, I, I probably don't now. I, I think it's time something like that was looked at because um, you really do need either your, your own boom with your own team because it's, it's just difficult to manage. Do you think, because it was so stark at Sandown, do you think it, it was actually... It was actually one because you were mindful. Both teams were mindful of Sandown, and two, you have four days, and you do do a lot more pit stop practice because you've got to change drivers. You got. Do you think that might be why the two teams were more simpatico this time? Um. um look, uh, it could be and it couldn't be. I mean, um, you know, you, you, uh, in one aspect, uh, you'd never know. Um, uh, because you know you can have all your own crew and they still stuff up the bit stop, so it's easy to blame another team when it gets stuffed up. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think it's more that it's not about the blame game; it's more about the the um, the uh, the addressing of the systematic approach that you need to do an effective pit stop. And to do an effective pit stop, it's got to be your own team. Um, even putting aside the the rule of the single bo- uh, the, the two car single boom um, rule. Um, you still need uh, to operate within your own team. And the moment you go outside that, well, again, it's a recipe for disaster. Not all the tracks in Australia could accommodate that, but the one track that could, and the most important track, is Bathurst for a single-car boom. Should it be a Bathurst rule where there is 29... I think there's 32 garages on this pit lane. Oh, look, um, I, I, I've been. Uh, this is my fifteenth year at Bathurst, and my mind hasn't changed one bit, uh, one iota. I just feel it's such a big event in its own right. It really doesn't need to be a championship point round. Uh, and Jamie made that comment today when he was asked about it, how's he standing championship. He basically couldn't give a shit, you know, because he's just won Bathurst, you know. And of course, that's the way. It wouldn't matter whether you're media or team or, or you know, the, the management. I mean, everyone looks at Bathurst as the big one. It sits there in its isolation. So for that reason, when I say it, shouldn't, um, it, it doesn't need to form part of the championship, that then would allow you to have, um, you know, uh, special single rules to suit the occasion and you could do all sorts of weird and wonderful things and I think it would just be great for the sport to break the... Um, the repetitious nature of what we do for one race to the next. Everyone, you know, TV-wise and telecast-wise would know we're going to Bathurst and we've got all these different sort of uh, variations and I think it would just be good for the sport. And, yes, it would address some of these things where it does really matter. My thanks to Rod Nash there, Tom Worsley, Adrian Mussolino. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.